Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. It's Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. And in studio right now is John Martin, Jason, and John. Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. Also contributor to the Daily Memphian. John, what's the word? And by the way, you're on Twitter. X, X. Now they finally change it. Yeah. At John Martin, 929. What's the word, brother? Man, uh, all is good. Thanks for having me. Always uh, always like popping on. Yes, sir. Uh, I see this uh, this Raiders hoodie on. How, how we doing? Jimmy, Jimmy G back at camp. Can't make a, a deep throw, I hear. <laughs> well, deep. no one on that team can make a deep throw. Perfect. What, are you going to get Brian Hoyer out there? Perfect. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I pray every day for a variety of reasons that we can get Brian Hoyer out there. So it's frustrating because they, uh, they gave my man Jimmy G, what, three years, 75? Is yep. that what it is? Yep. He is like the perfect placeholder, though. So, like, I, no, I, yeah, I, I, don't yeah, you yeah, get yeah. nervous about them winning, like, six, seven games and, like, yeah. sort of being right there in a in a not-so-great not, so, not <laughs> yeah. so spot in the draft? I know you, you say Caleb yes. Williams is a reason for the season. That is exactly my worry. Uh, it's not, like, them being good. That, that would be ridiculous, preposterous. It would be that they are just not bad enough where they prevent themselves from um, not firing Josh McDaniels, not <laughs> – uh, getting in position to draft one of the two best QBs. Both of these guys who are coming out considered generational talents in, in both Caleb Williams and Drake May. Yeah. Somehow being just not bad enough to miss out on taking them when it's the obvious move for them in Vegas. That that's the the that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna be like they're gonna win seven games. They're gonna be picked like seventh and they're gonna have no prayer unless they trade up, which they will not be able to do, I don't think. I mean, unless they're going to, I mean, you're going to have to give up, you know, three first rounders. So you know where this ends, is what you're telling me. Dude. <laughs> like, that, that's what it sounds like. Not even a question. <laughs> like, it would be too, it would be too much right if they win four games next season and they fire Josh McDaniels and they have a chance to draft Caleb Williams. Because guess what? Then the Raiders become a huge job destination for your next great. Coach, you know, I don't know if it's Sean, like, you know, obviously with eh, Sean Payton, uh, yeah. but like the ver- that version of him, like it becomes a place where go to Vegas, they drafted the kid from Texas Tech, uh, Tyree Wilson, who, you know, is not on the field right now, but right. like has all the intangibles, right? The physical stuff too. And then you have a chance to coach uh, Caleb Williams. You have like pretty good pieces, you know, um, Mahomes you have to contend with, which is an issue, a big issue. Uh, but, you know, playing for second in the AFC West, should still be enough to get you in the playoffs most years. Yeah, but it's Amir White or Amir Abdullah at running back right now. Yeah, the, which for again. The, for the future. I also have an under bet on the Raiders win total. <laughs> so, like, I'm all right. in on them being awful. That being said, I I hate them and I love them. You know, like, that's, you know, that's the... Right. It, it's the same emotion. Yes. You know, it's the same emotion. Man, I, 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 was a, I was a St. Louis Rams fan at the end. Yeah. So Which was abysmal. No, it was miserable. Yeah. But you go in somewhat high hopes. Yeah. Like, I think every year you have, like, okay, if they win these first couple games, we'll see where we can go from there. And you bring in a couple of guys in the offseason that you'll convince yourself. You'll convince yourself that they can win games with. And then ultimately they're yeah. they're just they're toast. My first Raiders game live and in person was the uh was the game where Sean Hill put up 52 on us. <laughs> they scored no <laughs> points. It, that was a, the first one I ever saw. 52 to 0 to Sean Hill running bootlegs well and 
for touchdowns, bro. Yeah. Who was the Auburn running back? Uh, Trey Mason. Yeah, man, Trey Mason killed us that day, bro. Man, he's he's man. I I I hadn't heard good things about him lately. I know. Yeah, yeah he's he's out of the league. I forget where he. I don't know where he's at now. Yeah, but he's uh that day he had some mental health issues, from what I understand. That day he gave me mental health issues. Yeah, with, no, I get with it. With the way that uh, he just went absolutely wild. I don't know. Have I seen? Oh, I have. He had one good year, and then it was just like I think it was that poor year. Trey Mason, man. Twenty fourteen, I want to say, was the year. Uh, so yeah, no, look, it's. Uh, I think if you're a, a fan of any sports team, like a true fan, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think that the true fan is the person who's saying, I love my team no matter what. I don't I don't believe that's the truest fan. I think that's a that's a fan. Yes. You know, uh, but the real the realest fan is the fan who's going to like hate some of the things that their team does. You know, like you could be a Memphis Tiger fan and the real ones right now can be disappointed, they can be uh, not happy with the way that the, you know, conference realignment is going, that, right. that the direction under Silverfield, like, the realist fans are the ones who are saying, get Tubby Smith's ass up out of here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, they're the truest, they're, they're the most educated, though, generally speaking. True, that, that, that too. But, like, the people who are saying, I support who my university hires, no, dude, I do not support who my team hires just because. Like, if they're not good, in, in this case... Josh McDaniels, we know, is is one of the worst. Um, I mean, how many how many millions <laughs> is Tom Brady responsible for? Right, of course. I mean, hundreds of millions. Yes, right. Yes, just in terms of people, he's made look better. He's he's gotten Josh McDaniels two jobs. He's gotten Jimmy Garoppolo starting jobs. He's Jacoby Brissett's been. A, he's hey, he started a few times. I mean, dude, it's ridiculous. Like all the all the you know the the brushing shoulders with Brady effect. If you just come within five feet of them, you get a raise. All right, so you're talking about being realist. A realist. Uh, Big Twelve stuff is sort of spiraled out. Um, Colorado is headed from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, the Arizona potentially to follow. Like, And I know that Brett McMurphy put out that little shout last week on Friday about, you know, there's four teams, UNLV, Memphis, UConn, um, UConn and there's one more than San, San Diego State, that were involved in that. So he kept a little bit of hope alive. I mean, do you have any hope alive that, that this is ever going to happen? No, uh, not not like that. Um, I, I just don't see a scenario where I – mean, I, I, I'd love to be wrong, but I don't see a scenario where the, the, the rest of the Pac-12, like every single person says, no, this is where we stand. We hold. We're going to you know keep this thing together. Maybe, but I, I just – I don't think that's the most likely scenario. The only thing that I – I mean – Arizona State and Utah, while they're part of that four corners, they seem right. sort of like they're a little cold on the idea of jumping from the Pac-12. But if you see Arizona hop out with Colorado, they may have their hand forced because they don't know where they're going to land long term if they don't go to the Big 12 right this second. But uh, I, I feel like they could stay out, but it feels like Arizona is going to move. And it's it's I said this last week, more so than realignment, I feel like it's that consolidation route of like right. eventually you're going to have 16 to 20 teams in the Big Ten. Eventually you're going to have 16 to 20 teams in the SEC, ACC. Big 12 may get to 16 or 20 teams. Yep. It just feels like that's it's a it's a yeah. consolidation of power of one power conference having to dissolve exactly. out of need. Yeah, like it's it's really a contraction disguised as an expansion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like all right, um, let's see who the most respectable programs are that are left to try to hold on and keep our television deal credible. You know, with Fox and ESPN. And we know that the SEC, I mean, the SEC is damn near, the SEC and the Big Ten are damn near going to, like, secede, you yeah, know, and right. do their own thing, right? So they've added UCLA and USC, and then SEC, as we know, kind of started all of this by adding Oklahoma and Texas. Um, and they don't give a damn about what happens to anybody else. You know, the ACC doesn't want to be together. Um, I don't know what happens to the majority of those schools, because the majority of those schools, once you get past, you know, your Florida States and your Clemsons, and there's Florida State talk, right? Yeah, right exactly. this second, about $30 million a year to get up out yeah. of the ACC. Yeah, so I don't think any of it is on stable ground outside of, uh, I mean, the Big 12 is sort of has cemented itself as like the best of the rest-ish. Kind you know? of. And ACC, if it's currently but they as, as stated, if it stays yeah. as it is, which is a big Yeah, if. there's no kumbaya right there. But you know? it feels like ACC is still on that ground. But, yeah, like I just, I think um, – I, I think the, the Power Five dynamic is, like, the only way it still exists and the only reason it still exists is just because the AQ status of the college football playoff, there's no other uh, real application for a Power Five because it really only boils down right. to two leagues now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I do find it strange. Somebody put this out over the weekend, Big Ten and SEC. The amount of national championships won in the Big Ten versus the SEC since 2007, I think it's 31 to 1. Yeah. And somebody explained it. It's like the Big Ten's the Cowboys, whereas the SEC's the Patriots and the Chiefs in the 21st century, where they win, but Cowboys still get the pub. Big Ten still gets the pub. I think it's all (laughs) – I do. I was like – this is a bunch of like arranging, rearranging of chairs just to watch the you know Crimson Tide in Georgia win it right. every other year. Like, I mean, you, the Big Ten can add UCLA and USC if they want, but that doesn't that doesn't make them any more to me contenders for a title than it, if they would have. But just stayed. see, but that's not what it's about, right? Ultimately, no, it's, it's, not, it's, it's TV not. money, it's right? Domination. It's like okay, yeah. yeah, it's about domination. But the SEC at the, at the end of the day is still going to be the domination. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, I, I mean, maybe Ohio State sneaks in there a year, but I just I don't really think so with Ryan Day. So, uh, you know, yeah, they'll get the market share and all that, and that's what really matters at the end of the day. But I, I think what people don't realize is that even if Memphis gets into the Big Twelve in this in this hypothetical, like I don't think people understand the gap that will soon separate the Big Twelve from the right. Big Ten, and I mean, I mean, it will still be an absolutely enormous gap. And I I tried to explain this on Friday. To, to my listeners, as far as the Big 12 is concerned right now, yeah, they're winning this battle against the Pac-12. Right. And the Pac-12 are massive losers here. But I told folks, don't, don't think of the Big 12 as big winners through this. Think of them as buying themselves time, and they're just less 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 of losers exactly. than the Pac-12 at the moment. They're, they that's know exactly where right. they're at. They're just trying yeah. to win these little battles to stay alive. I mean, and, and that's, look, there's a there's a space for them to exist, right? I mean, they have some brands up in there. I mean, some, some, you know, you have your Kansas yeah. States, you know, you have Kansas basketball. Losing the two big ones, though. Uh, and, and Texas that, and Oklahoma. No doubt. I mean, like, would it's, it's, it's still a, like, massive, far and away, not even close uh, upgrade over the AAC, right? So you, of course. you know, that's why we're even having this discussion. But, you know, it, it's not, it's not the glory days here, man. You know, it's not the big, <laughs> it's, but it's just, it's just viable. Which is, which is not what the AAC is. I mean, not not to the aspirations that that people have. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not enough. Yeah, I mean, it's just for Memphis. Deal with what you can control. The controllable at the moment, and that's just on field performance. I don't know what you can really aspire to, and that's depressing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think but, that's the that's like where you get into you know like everybody. And this is just like like such an interesting conversation to have with you specifically because right. you know you were there for a lot of the you what you what was your last year thirteen to seventeen so, okay. uh, so the Liberty on the, Bowl on year the come up yeah you saw it went from nothing to something yes sir and then the rocket ship really took off once they finally got you up out of there yeah exactly you know? yeah. but hey still winning his class in uh, school history just so we're clear yeah. but so like the, the the issue that i have is like if you just take a historical look at memphis as a football program right 100 whatever year history where there's some years where they beat bama and florida state and and usc and whatever in the 70s 80s 90s uh tennessee yes yeah. but how many years did they win the conference? How many years did they go to a you know a, a Cotton Bowl? How many years did they ha- you know? I, we're talking about a window of I would say tw- 2014 to um, 2019, or no, it was Norvell's last year, which was 2019. Yeah, yeah 2019. You know, when they won Cotton the Bowl. yeah they won the AAC they went they went to the Cotton Bowl all that so so five to six years. I mean, if you want to say D'Angelo, that's fine. They didn't win a conference though. They didn't win a conference title. And they, and they did. I don't know if they rate they ever put the resources behind right. the program at that time, even though they were solid, to ever right. raise their their national standing. Whereas I think, well, uh, you know, from 2014 on, there was a raise of the Absolutely national right. standing of Memphis football. Absolutely right. And and the results happened to coincide with that, right? I mean, it was sort of they fed into each other. And now you're getting into a, a, into a space where you're getting the investment and you're getting the, the promises, right, of the Liberty Roll renovations and all these things. But the results aren't are no longer matching. Yeah. So it's just like it feels like it's just never it's never quite gotten to where it's consistently needed to be for a long enough period of time for Memphis football. Right. And the investment earlier would have helped. Now let, let me ask you this because I think there's a lot of people that I've I've had conversations with this about about losing momentum and where they're at right now. I mean, regardless of if Ryan's a coach or not, if he succeeds this year or he doesn't, I still feel like this program. And what it could be in its current standing in the group of five, 
there's plenty of momentum behind it. And, and I say that because you're in a decent market. You have decent money running through the program at the moment. Your right. NIL situation's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Like Ryan right now, even after two, six, and six years, I think had the second-rated group of five recruiting class. And people can say, okay, well, that's your 65th. Right. In the country, how much does that really mean? But still, you're, you're bringing in yep. some, some relatively premier recruits considering the position you're in. Yep. I still feel like there there is some momentum to be gained regardless. I feel like that that mini run, we could talk about 2014 to 2019 or 2020. Right. It was 8-3 and three in 2020. Um, I feel like that mini run has propelled this program to a different standing well, than it ever was in. I, I, I agree with that. I think what I have a, what I have a hard time sort of – analyzing is being the best of the rest in the group of five in 2023. What does it mean? Exactly. Right. Like, like well, like, it means it, I mean, 12 team playoff though. If it you're the best win- of the rest, yes, you got a spot. Yes. And what about the, you know, is BYU getting kicked out of the big 12 though? Like there, <laughs> were, there were rumors about that with Utah and stuff like, so are they going to go back to the like mountain West? So I don't know. It just feels like the group of five there, there used to be like some real honor. In, in saying that, right? Because right. you still had UCF and Cincinnati and Houston and BYU and Boise State. Like, like there was actually like a long like 15-school list where, you know, that actually held weight. And now yeah, it's if you're like, beating out Cincinnati, right? Like, like yeah. three schools that you consider to be like actually credible that are the, the rest. Yeah, SMU, Memphis, you know, Boise State, San, San Diego, Diego State. State. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. Tulane, you're not like, oh, yeah, two, we beat out Tulane. Yeah, and I'm curious about Tulane and how long they're going to be able to stay on that, like, yeah, perch that they're, they're at. They're not. I mean, they're they're Willie Fritz-driven, and, and if he ever leaves, they'll go back to and Well, he's old were. enough. Even if he doesn't leave, like, that's still a hard place to get not Michael Pratt's in consistently. No, 100%. Yeah, you got to like, get lucky. Ty J. Spears, you got to get lucky. Exactly right. Yeah. That's like, that could be, you know, a little bit like what Memphis is sort of seeing right now that, like, you know, it wasn't just one class with Memphis. Like, obviously, that spanned two coaches, but right. you know, a window in time at the at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on uh, on the season upcoming, or is it yeah, just I mean, like look, there's I, a lot of unknown? I'll say that. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of unknown, and I don't like what I'm what I'm what I'm most curious about is if Ryan Silverfield, if if results can still change hearts and minds. You right. Know? Like, because I feel like right now it's very pessimistic about him. Um, not among ambassadors, not among boosters, but among fans, right? Yeah. And I, I, I think people have such a hard time. Like, there are, there are so many differences between Memphis football and Memphis basketball in terms of urgency, in terms of uh, what the, the administration expects from each, in terms of attendance and things like that, mm-hmm. and season tickets. Like, the bar is just lower for Memphis football. In those, yeah. In those, it just is. Like, you know, and, and that's – there's a million different reasons for that, but it is. Like, that's why Tubby was – he was gotten up out of here because the math was so damning on him and the, and the voices were so loud about him from boosters and ambassadors um, that they just had no other choice. I think with Memphis football, it's like, okay, if they only sold 18,000 season tickets or 15,000 season tickets, it's not that much of a removal from what they would normally do anyway. Right. And, I, and I love how people act like we weren't talking about Memphis attendance even under – Puente and Norvell. Like, we had the same conversations. Like, we would, are they going to get 40000 Are they going to get 45000 for this game? Like, it, it, it's not as simple as build it and they will come. It's been built, and attendance has been good at times, but it's never really felt like it's been where it should be relative to what the team was doing on the field at that time. So I just think attendance is not the issue with Memphis football. I think it's more so do you have that trajectory that's pointing upward with this program, and it does not feel like that right now. It feels like it's sort of just flat. And, and I, I think there's, like, just a mental – something I noticed, like, with basketball, regardless – under Penny especially, regardless of how that season went before, day one expectations are going to be insanely high. Yep. Whereas, like, with Memphis football, it's just, like, it's never quite – you could have been – again, it could be Cotton Bowl, but next year, yeah. by the time you get there – it feels like that expectation is at least tempered to a certain extent well, compared I, I think, to basketball. I, look, I think it has to be for Memphis football. Like, I, I, you cannot I, – I just reject that. I reject that Memphis football should be expected every single year to win nine games. Now, in this new if you, league – But if you want to get where you wanted to go all these years, you should be, You should have that expectation. But I, I mean, get what it, you're saying. But, but it's so much – like Memphis, Memphis basketball is 
like you got a you got a 50, 60, 70 years of a yes. sample size of going Crazy to Final historical Fours in decades in, 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 in number one recruiting classes, in the talent base, in Penny Hart. Like, like you have so much institutional success. Yep. Where that, that Memphis football just does not have. Yeah. Like they they just don't share that. You know, Memphis football is, is grinding. It's trying to get there. And and there are some really nice things about it, but it just doesn't have the track record that Memphis basketball has. Correct. So like that's why I'm like you can say that Memphis ball should be expected to be this, that, the other. Maybe like you would say that as a player when you were there. No, I, I, I'm realistic you know, about it. I'm a, well, well, you I was know there, the challenge sure. is while better I, than anybody. Yeah, while I was there, sure. Um, but now that you're, but you're now that I'm removed, and I sort of just like you zoom out for a second, you just realize the historical significance of that program's not there for the for the normal Memphis fan so around that, the so city. So that this threshold is all of a sudden eight nine wins. Like, come on, man! Like that's just you've never carried you carried yourself like that for five years right. out of 110. Right now, I'll say this though: I, I am curious because you, you brought this up, and this was your big question. Is there any amount of sort of wins that gets Silverfield yes. Ryan people back on his yes. side? Is that eight wins? Is that nine wins? I eight don't wins. Think, I don't necessarily. I, think. I don't think it is. I think nine may, but you know, when people make their minds up, man, they're they're you know hard to change. Now, again, I'll go back to the only people that matter in this discussion are the ambassadors. Right. That's it. Of course. I mean, so you know, you're a Memphis fan, and you can you can bitch and moan and post on Facebook and all that all you want. But if, as long as the ambassadors are comfortable with the arrangement, they, they're comfortable with the fact that, like, Ryan does a great job with them on a personal level, which he does, uh, that, that they like the graduation rates, that they like the way he handles business, and they're going to bowl games, buddy, he's not yeah, going anywhere. Right. Like, it's, just, it's not like, again, people can be disappointed because it's not what it was when Norvell was here, but it's not embarrassing. No. It's not an embarrassing product. Like, yeah, the way they blew leads last year and all that, like, it's unfortunate and, and that stinks. But it's not like. 35 nothing to Tulane was pretty tough. Yes. Right? Yes. That deficit was pretty yes. tough. But, but I mean, yes. they came all the way back. But I yes, mean, we're talking about bowl wins. We're talking about two bowl wins back to back. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, and, and like, nobody, nobody's getting in trouble off the field. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you have a very solid to good quarterback at, in place. Like, again, I know it's probably like Ryan's not a, you know, a rah rah guy, he, he does not do a good job. Uh, in front of the camera, like that is a shortcoming of his. It is what it is. But uh, you know, these these ambassadors have no appetite to change this up at the current time. That could change if they go six and six this year. I yeah. don't think it would. I don't think it would. I think it would start to maybe roll over a little bit. I think six and six in this current situation, yeah. this this setup would be pretty disastrous. But almost. I highly doubt. Let me step get, back. I highly doubt he would get fired after a six right. and six season, especially if he goes to a bowl game and wins it. I mean, I just don't think Memphis football is that program. I could be proven totally wrong, but I, I think 6-6 six and six gets the conversation flipped, but I don't think it gets the, the action done. No, I get I you. Come down I get that. you. Now, on basketball, uh, talking with John Martin at John Martin 929, this, this offseason has been insane, man. Yeah. Like, for him, late in, the, late in the calendar this way, to just flip this roster on its head with transfer after transfer, high-level transfers at yeah. that, I, I – I, Yes, you can cast doubt in the moment on whether or not Penny Hardaway is going to be able to get something done, but it's it's going to be. I mean, going into the future, it's going to be impossible to cast cast doubt the same way we did this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I got my hand kind of uh, caught in the cookie jar because I mean, look, we have to. Uh, the nature of what we, you and I do every single day is we. It's reaction. <laughs> so what we have, right? right? Like, exactly. What we have. Like I can't. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm yeah. just saying. And I also can't tell the future. Like I can't tell the future that in June and July. Uh, that that Memphis is going to add, you know, f- basically fifty plus points of production. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody realized DeAndre Williams had a chance for a waiver until the end of May. So yeah, while you're in April and the transfer portal window is closing, and Memphis basically has a UCF backup point guard and an MTSU guy that shot 23 percent from three. Yeah, and in a D2 transfer, it did look bad. It did look grim. You know. Um, but I I think. What you do have to remind yourself is that uh, Penny is at his best for whatever reason when he is up against it. Like when the clock is ticking and damn near when it's run out, honestly, he is at his best. He will will make a way. He will make a way. Uh, Hired Rick Stansberry, which I think probably helped him in that regard, right? Like I I call that plausible deniability. That's why he's there. He's like – Is is that the wipe wipe the hands clean? Yeah, he's your human shield, man. I just blame Rick for whatever happens, you know. Collusion? Uh, Hey, we got slick Rick. Yeah, Yeah, Rick's here. He handled that. So, uh, (laughs) no, I uh, he he has turned this roster from – 
like fighting for the NCAA tournament to a team that I feel like has every bit the look of a second weekend group. Yeah, the only the only thing that's going to keep them out of the and you could you could speak to this. Like when we talk about preseason polls, I talked to David Cobb last week. He goes, it looks like a top 25-ish roster. And I go, from a talent perspective, it should be way higher than that. I agree. I just think it's such low ball. But here's the thing that, that he did explain to me, and it makes sense. When you look around the country, and I know not everybody has a lot of continuity this day and age of college basketball. you got people in and out of the transfer portal all the time. But we're talking about one at the most two guys from a continuity perspective, that will be on this roster. And I think that is ultimately what would keep them out of that top 15-type conversation. But but I would say there aren't 15 rosters that are better than Memphis's. I agree. So, like, I think, I mean, what do you, you, when you go to file your ballot, what are you doing? You're trying to say they're not going to mesh as early as the season. How the hell do you know that? Right. Like, you don't know that. So your job is, for me, if we're talking about a preseason poll, your job is really to assemble the top 25 rosters in the country. And then the beautiful thing about it is there are games that get played, and then you can adjust your vote based on what is or is not happening. But it's really not your place to say, oh, I don't think that team's going to come together, even though they're a top 15 talented team. So they're not in the top 25. And continuity matters. I'm not going to act like it doesn't. But I've also seen teams with a lot of continuity, North Carolina last year, fall flat on their damn face. No question. like look like garbage. Right. So and, and I nobody mean, could have predicted that. If you'd have left North Carolina out of your damn poll, you'd have looked stupid. You I, know? I mean, the way I see it, in the end of the day, if you have this the the one of the best uh, from a roster construction standpoint, one of the most experienced mixed with talent. I mean, we're talking about two former five star guys in Javon Quinterly yes. and Jordan Brown, two six men of the year in power conferences. Combination. Like I mean, come on. Yeah. But if you if you have that combination that wins in college basketball, I don't know how people are going to there are not, continually down. There are not, I feel very confident in saying this, there are not 15 teams in Division One that have six players who averaged double figures at the high major level last year. There, that, you're, there aren't. Not six. You know, I mean, it might even be seven. Um, it's, uh, you know, with I got to go through and do the math, but... Like, you don't have those, especially, like, at their previous stops, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, I'm not saying that this is a top-five team, but I do think that this this whole top-25-ish consensus top-20, like, no question about it. Like, there's there's – this this team, if they get DeAndre Williams, have Jordan Brown for the entire thing. I mean, you've got an SEC champ in Javon Quinterly. You've got Big East uh, tough guy in David Jones. You know, you've you've added your shooting with Jaquan Walton at forty percent a game. Led the team in scoring and what potentially likely if Come DeAndre Williams he's a bench player. You know, and then you have you know Jordan Brown, who we know did major damage. Uh, you know, all year long and and, and won the Lou Henson Player of the Year award. Top 25-ish, my ass, man. Right. Like, I get that you are skeptical because other teams that Petty has had maybe did not come together, but they were freshmen. They were 18 years old. These are grown-ass men. Yeah. You know, they're older than the damn Grizzlies. So they, they have, they're much more mature and I think much more focused on what, it, what has to happen to have success at a high level. So the last thing there, um, last thing for John Martin at John Martin 929 on X, um, with all of those guys that you're talking about, I mean, Caleb Mills is a, a worthy scorer. Javon Quinterly can be that guy, but he distributed a lot last year and was yep. more of a bench player for Alabama. Was great in the SEC tournament, by the way. SEC championship game, I think he had 22. Yep. David Jones is a scorer. DeAndre Williams last year was a scorer. I think yep. two years ago he deferred a little bit more with the Amani Bates, Jalen Duran yeah. uh, situation going on. And Jordan Brown, scorer. Beast. No question. Yep. It's a good problem to have all those guys. It's a good problem to have that much talent, but what's the concern level, one ball, that type of conversation? Is that that less of a concern for you? No, I do think it is valid. I mean, because all of those dudes expect touches, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are some who are more willing to defer than others. Like, I think Javon Quinterly is going to be a key to all of it because, you know, who who has sacrificed if not that guy? He was a starter for Alabama, tears his ACL, and then comes off the bench for the majority of the season. And, like, you don't hear a peep, and that team's the number one overall seed in the tournament. And, yeah, he got put in the game as a starter when they mattered. But point being, he was willing to accept that role at a place he had previously started. I think that's really hard to do. Right. And so you come in here with him as your point guard. He can speak to sacrifice. You know, he can speak Mm -hmm. to, hey, I had to do this for the betterment of the team. I didn't like it. But I knew it's what the team needed. You know, DeAndre Williams, as you point out, same thing. He, he has been a seventeen point scorer. He has been a twelve point scorer. You know, like he is 
He is back for one last year, and I think he is going to sort of emphasize, yo, this is all I got. I got to get to a Sweet 16. Let's do what we have to do to make sure that happens, you know. And then I think Caleb is a sharp guy. You know, he's going to be playing off the ball, so I think he'll feel a little bit more natural. You know, the the competition really is David Jones and Jaquan Walton is what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Jaquan is probably a little bit of a better fit off the bench because he can just be told to come in and, and shoot that thing, right? Yeah. David Jones is more of a toughness, rebounding, you know, things like that from the Big East. And then Jordan Brown, you know what his role is going to be. Like, feed him in the post and let him go to work. They got to be intentional with it, though. Oh, they will. That's, oh, they that's, will. A, that's the thing. Like, yeah. they had, like, because that's not, I mean, Last year, largely, it's Kendrick Davis yeah. dribbling around the perimeter, trying to make set something up for himself, throwing into the high post to DeAndre Williams, try to set something up for him. Yeah. They're going to have to be intentional in actually going to a guy on the low block, which, I mean, I guess Jalen Duran toward the end of that season, you saw. He wasn't a low block guy, though. He was like but, a, yeah. I mean, like you saw a little of that yeah. stuff where they're throwing it into yeah, him yeah, around yeah. the rim. Like, Jordan Brown, you really have to go and feed him, and I oh, think yeah. he could be a, a, incredibly dominant in well, the AAC. Quinterly will figure, he'll know how to do that. Okay. You know, like, I mean, he's a, he's a true point guard, so I think that's what you, you know, you're getting a guy who uh, has been doing it his whole career, Bill and Oven, Alabama. So I think having, Quinterly is the key to me. Yeah. You know, having somebody that can initiate the offense, get into it, and get the ball where it needs to go, uh, I think he is truly the key. So hopefully he can stay healthy uh, and they have him for the full season, because if they do... You know, I think we're talking about a potentially very special season. Yeah, for sure. Well, good stuff. Did, did you have Drake tickets? Did you get refunded? Nah, man. I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't really do the con- uh, concert thing. Anymore, oh, really? Man. When's the last? I, I mean, even, even at FedEx Forum, just sitting down, uh, enjoying it. No. Maybe went, a beer in hand. Garth. You went to Garth, really? Yeah, that was a fun one. Okay. That was a. Was that it? Was that FedEx Forum? Yeah. Okay. Oh, hell. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Well, you think Garth's playing? Anything I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you if you. I was just asking. No, it was. It was. It was a blast. That okay. was fun. I think that might have been the last. Oh, we went to like a Cardi B at Music Fest deal. Last, last. You're thing. eclectic then, bro. That, I mean, last yeah, Cardi, that was my wife. Cardi B. She didn't throw a microphone no, at you. No, not that time, thankfully. <laughs> but we didn't throw a drink. Yeah. So, well, you know what's funny? I think Cardi B, there's a, there's a new report out saying that she asked for water to be, she was like pouring water on herself because she was hot up there. So I guess the, I guess the, drink, I guess the girl in the crowd well, was just trying to appease her. She's an idiot. Yeah, no, she for sure. It. She deserved sure. it. She deserved it. That mic chucked at her. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad you didn't get the mic chucked at you. No. But appreciate it, my brother. You got it, man. Thanks, man. That's John Martin at John Martin 19. To nine, Jason and John, 11 to 2, Monday through Friday, and also uh, college sports columnist for the Daily Memphian. I'll tell you what, when folks come to my house, you know what they drink on? That would be old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. And it is made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis, distilled, barreled, aged, bottled in Memphis. First time that's been the case since Prohibition. It is Memphis whiskey. It's unto its own. Maple sugar, charcoal distilling. It's good. Every single time to drink on ice, you can have it neat. You can mix your favorite cocktail with it. But everyone in my house, when they join me, they love it. And on top of all that, go to olddominic.com to check out all of their other products, whether it's gin, vodka, or that Tennessee whiskey. But don't stop there. Head on downtown to that state-of-the-art distillery, and you can get a cocktail. You can check out a tour and tasting. And... Just have a good old time. Elevated yet relaxed atmosphere. Sits at 305 South Front Street, Old Dominic Distillery. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Come say hi. Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan is on the line right now, live from AAC Media Days at Seth underscore Hennigan. Seth, how's it going, my brother? It's going great. It's going great. How about yourself? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. So AAC Media Days right now. You're in uh, you're in Arlington over there at uh, Texas Live. We packed you into the uh, PJ like sardines. How uh, how's it been so far? Oh, it's been it's been a great experience. You know, getting to talk to the media and getting to meet. You know, some of these uh, opposing players uh, outside of their uniform and helmet. Um, and just, it's, it's been a great atmosphere. And Texas Live is, a, is an awesome hotel. You know, it's looking right at AT&T Stadium. So it's a beautiful view and good people. It's been a good time. Oh, you definitely you have to know the historical significance of the last time uh, we had all Memphis fans there at Texas Live, right? Oh, in 2018 oh, yeah. Cotton Bowl year. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, you guys are picked fourth. And the AAC preseason media poll. I, I, this is sort of a, a question I have to ask you. I, obviously, I, I played, and I understand when you where you get picked is not where you expect to end up. You expect to be in to end up at the top of the conference just about every single year. Um, but do you guys draw motivation from that? Like, what 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 do you think about where you're picked? Do you pay attention to it at all? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel pretty indifferent to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you look at Tulane, they were picked seventh uh, in our conference last year, and then they ended up winning. Um, so at the end of the day, it's about uh, what you do on the field. But, I mean, you can't blame them for, for the position that we're picked because, you know, we lost to Tulane last year. We lost to SMU. Uh, and then we, and then uh, UTSA, I think, is at the top. And they're coming off back-to-back Conference USA championships. Mm-hmm. And, and they're a good team. So at the end of the day, just you got to – you know, control the controllables, and you know, it, it's just media stuff. At the end of the day, right. we got to play football, and that's what we're here for. So, I mean, I, I hope our guys can can you know draw motivation from that, though, for sure. No, uh, like- and maybe maybe use it as a chip on our shoulder to to work harder. Right, right. Now, last couple of years, you guys have been six and six, and there's been some ups and downs, highs, lows. Um, how much frustration? Uh, do, do you guys draw from the last two years, or, or do you guys just sort of try to clean the slate, wipe it clean, and move into this year um, not thinking about what has happened the last two years and, and some of the lows that you've had to deal with, some close games, some things that didn't go your way, some blown leads, that type of thing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just got to, you know, wipe the slate, uh, start anew. Uh, personally, you know, I'm one of the uh, – people who've played more games uh, on this Memphis team and we have a lot of transfers uh, who are coming in to play big roles this year and they don't know they don't know much about the last two years you know they weren't here the last two years right so they're not going to think about the last two years either um, so uh, I'm doing the same thing I never really think about the past and just focus on the now um, so uh, just got to focus on what's happening right now which is this season and you know I have the the, the games in the back of my mind obviously uh, the losses, and I've learned from those, um, right. and also the wins. Um, but just take, taking things one day at a time and focusing on this season. So you talk about a bunch of transfers coming in. Do you even recognize uh, what, what the starting lineup's going to look like going into uh, fall camp and going into the season? You guys, I mean, you guys have reloaded a bunch of, bunch of new faces. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, people wanting a second chance uh, at a different school, at a new place. Uh, we're giving them that opportunity, so I, I think that they're going to do special things for us. But you know, uh, a lot of the lineups are might be determined by fall camp. You know, right? Um, I mean, I have a strong sense of you know who could potentially start um, at receiver, or offensive tackle, or, or in the secondary. But 
you know, you know, coaches still probably have question marks and, and want to see between two guys or something of that nature. And fall camp is, you know, where, where that's determined. So uh, I'm sure our guys are ready to compete and trying to earn a spot, earn a starting role, and then just go from there. Now, I know you're ready to roll with whoever whoever's out there with you. Talking with Seth Hennigan, at Seth H- underscore Hennigan on Twitter, Memphis football. Uh, he is their, uh, he's their starting quarterback, star quarterback. Now, I know you're ready to throw to whoever's out there on the outside for you, but, I mean, just looking at last year, the four leading receivers there for you are – Elsewhere, obviously, you guys reloaded. You bring in Toski. You bring in uh, uh, Demir Blank Um Who do you expect to be out there? Um, and and how confident are you in, in replacing the production that may have left from last year's team? Uh, first of all, I'm really confident that we can replace the production the production of, of last year's team. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like uh, you know with me returning, uh, I'm also a main factor that contributed to that right. uh, that, that production too. And to predict, you know. Some people who might be key factors, I'd say, you know, Demir Blankensee, uh, I've gotten pretty close with him, and uh, he's a great player, and I think he's really special with the ball in his hands. And then, you know, Rock Taylor, he's been here for two years and played sparingly, and I think he'll have an increased role on our team this year. And other than that, you know, Towski Dove, Joe Skates, Kobe Drake. Right. You know, there's some, there's still some depth in that receiver room, too, but um, – We'll we'll see who who's going to be who's going to be our, the rest of our guys. Now, last technical thing as we head into fall camp, we we talk about this this run game helping you out, helping the offense out, getting you guys on pace. It's best to be balanced as an offense. I think you would agree. And maybe the last two years have not gone uh, accordingly in, in that realm. But you guys did a good job. The staff at least did a good job of going to get a guy like Blake Watson, going to get all these guys in the backfield. You have some uh, some some different transfers that that are there up front. Um, how do you feel about where the run game is going to be as you guys start fall camp? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have nothing but confidence in our running game, um, and I feel like with the improvement of the running game, it'll just improve the passing game and then improve our offense as a whole. So mm-hmm. you know, it all works together and. Uh, it's definitely good to have a balanced attack. So the addition of Blake Watson uh, is, is big for our program and big for our offense. So, uh, but it all starts up front. You know, the offensive line is is the key to a successful team. Um, so they just got to be able to pound the rock and, and and do their job and pick up blitzes, which is a tall task. Yep. Um, facing facing some some freaks on the defensive line, but um, uh, I think they have it in them, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Talking with Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan at Seth underscore Hennigan live from AAC Media Days. Now you, I want to talk about you for a second. You've gone from number 14 to number 5 to number 2, back to back to back years. I know a lot of people, I always held my number 71 very close to me. Um, and ne- never played a game without it. Um, what, what, what's the explanation there? With, with switching numbers, you, you don't hold one too, uh, too close to your heart it seems. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm kind of the opposite, you know. Um, I feel like a number it doesn't really doesn't really define me, and uh, the name on the back of my jersey is more than just you know the number. Um, so I mean, it may give me less you know attention. Uh, you know, people might notice me more if I stayed with the same number. They'd be like, oh, that's a Memphis quarterback. You know, he's been that number for he's going on his third year as a starter. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's that kind of doesn't really matter to me. And I just changed my number because it's kind of become my my shtick, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I did it in so. high school, and then after my freshman year, I was like, I'm going to change to five, and then and then everyone's like, Oh wow, you change your number every year. So I was like, Might as well do it again, you know. So <laughs> have you have uh, you have you ever stuck with the same number like going that like just dating back to high school at least? Have you ever stuck with the same number year to year? No, high school I changed my number every year. Middle nice. school, I, I've always been a different number. So okay, that's uh, just I don't know. That's a different approach. We know that. Yeah. That's a different approach, no doubt. Um, now, we talk about you in your freshman year. I mean, stepping in, there were some injuries in the preseason. You had, as a true freshman, to step in and be that guy. How much what – what are your biggest areas of growth from then, from game one, to where you are now heading into fall camp, heading into season? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen, seen it all pretty much. Uh, there were some things my freshman year that, that I would make mistakes on that I look at now, and I'm like, that, like that's easy to that's easy to determine that you know the ends are dropping on this play and they're bringing double A bullets from the linebackers or something like that. Right. Uh, but 
you know, now looking back, it's like eh, things are kind of moving. Th- things are moving slower for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like the game, the game's always kind of came a little bit naturally to me and I've always had great players around me too. So um, that's, that's really a blessing, but just kind of, you know, seeing the game in slow motion and having so many reps, you know, experience is the best teacher. So right. um, just getting that experience and stuff like that. So your high school days at Denton Ryan, your your pops was your coach, Dave, Dave Hennigan. Yep. Um, how much of a help was, was having him in your corner all those years and having, uh, you know, being able to learn all those things in high school? And by the time you got to college, you were able to play just about right away. Like how much of a help was having that at your disposal your entire high school career? Yeah, that was definitely a a, a big advantage, you know, having him in my corner. But he never really pushed football onto me. He just right. he let me choose my own path, uh, which is what all dads should do: let their kids just figure out what they would want to do for themselves. Um, and and I told him at the end of my sophomore year, after I started a season, I was like, I want to be successful. I want to get a scholarship as a quarterback uh, in college football. And so after I told him that, he just held me to that standard. And you know, he always I always kind of knew football, just playing NCAA football on my PS3 growing up. Right, and then just learning football. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a fa- I'd say I'm a fast learner, and uh, and things kind of stick with me pretty easily. So, uh, if I care about it, then it, it came kind of naturally. And you know, he taught me, and I'm grateful for him for that. Uh, and heck, speaking of uh, NCAA football, I, I want to bring that up. We haven't seen it since uh, 2014. What's your take? What's your take on uh, it coming back? Uh, we're gonna have NCAA football 23. Um, are you, are you, have you missed it? Have you missed it? And do you want to, I mean, obviously be part of the game. I mean, there, there's been some pushback from certain folks around the country. Where, where do you stand yeah. on being in that game and getting that game out? Oh, I mean, I, I'd be in the game for free. I'd, I'd, pay to, <laughs> I'd pay $500 to get the game and be in the game. Right. Uh, that, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I miss the game for sure. And I don't know if it will come back because based off what I've read on Twitter, you know, some of the more, uh, some of the more popular guys, I, I mean, they probably want more money for since they'll be used more or things of that nature. So, I you really know, know, I hope we can figure it out. I got to say that I yeah, hope we can figure it out. Even sure. I mean, we, I mean, I, I, I got done in 2017, and we were holding on to our Xbox 360s just so we could play it and update yeah. the rosters and do all that type of thing. So it's it's been frustrating not seeing it out, but we'll see. I, I would imagine that they'll they'll probably uh, everybody will come to their senses eventually. Yeah, I hope they do. Yeah. Now, um, last thing for you, uh, I just sort of want to ask on, on the NIL front for you and your teammates. Obviously, I'm not saying that's on the forefront of your guys' minds when we're talking about what you're going to do on a football field and the production you're going to put out there on Saturdays. Um, but how much has it, has it changed for you guys from a community outreach standpoint? Um, it, just from from you know behind the scenes, it changing your situation, uh, whether you're you know eating better. Um, using that money on on housing, like how much has it changed for you since being in uh, since being at the University of Memphis, being able to take advantage of those name, image, and likeness opportunities? Yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity for us and, and athletes, you know, all across NCAA. Uh, and yeah, I mean, mainly if if I get anything, then I'll, I'll try and put it into savings if I can. Right. Um, but you know, it, we definitely work for it. Um, you know, Clay Preston, the 901 fund, uh, they do a great job. And, you know, we put our hours in, you know, try, we go to a lot of nonprofit organization events, and things of that nature, whereas people I know uh, uh, across the country kind of, you know, just might be given their money or some, something like that. But um, it's definitely a blessing to be able to receive anything, anything like that. And, you know, uh, Memphis collectives and, uh, we do a good job of trying to make people happy, and that's definitely not on the forefront of my mind. Um, mm. You know, winning games is, and right. everything else falls into place after that. So mm-hmm. um, that, that should be everyone's approach, but it isn't, but it should be. Um, no doubt. No that's doubt. The name of the game these days, and yes. just got to accept that and, you know, play, play it how it is. Yep, for sure. Now, uh, what's, the, what's the rest of your schedule today? Do you even know? Or is Scott just sort of leading you down the down the path? No, 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 Scott. Scott, he's leading me right. Uh, he's doing a great job. Does a great job for us. <laughs> no question. But, um, but uh, yeah, the rest of the day, we just have a couple more like media, media like 
interviews and then we have to fly back to Memphis cause we have to run, uh, Run our, run our one tens and then practice. <laughs> so uh, there's no days off. You know, did, did, did you at least get hinted to how many one tens? That was always the worst part is get, getting out there and having to having to guess. Uh, no, they, they try and they try and keep okay. us guessing to work you. on our uh, mental strength, things like that. So. <laughs> I got you. Well, tell Coach Silverfield I said hello. Tell tell Coach No I said hello as well. And we'll yes, uh, yes, we'll holler down the road. Appreciate it, Seth. Yes, sir. Thank you. That is Seth Hennigan at Seth underscore Hennigan. Uh, Memphis star quarterback, Denton Ryan alum. Looking forward to a good year from him. And he's live there at AAC Media Days and still has to come back and run 110s. How about that? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.